The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Redboard Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. This edition of the Owner's Box is brought to you in part by the Breeders' Cup. Early July brings us two more Breeders' Cup Challenge Series win and you're in races. This time with the Stephen Foster from Churchill Downs and the Princess Rooney from Gulfstream Park. Tune in Saturday, July 2nd with live coverage starting at 4 p.m. Eastern on NBC. Each winner of a Breeders' Cup win and you're in will receive their entry fees paid by Breeders' Cup, $10,000 awarded to the nominator, a $10,000 travel allowance for horses stabled outside of Kentucky. The Princess Rooney Invitational gives you an automatic berth into the $1 million Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint, and the Stephen Foster gives you automatic entry into the $6 million Longines Breeders' Cup Classic on November 5th. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Alongside of me, as always, the multifaceted and insanely talented and so many positives <laughs> to speak of, Michelle Yu. Michelle, welcome back. We missed you last week. Thank you. Thank you. I How appreciate was, uh, it. Ascot? Uh, Ascot was amazing. I have been before, but... It, it, it's been a long time, so it was very cool to get to go again and experience it from a different aspect than I did before. Well, what was uh, the difference? What was the difference in aspects? Were you not working last time, or were you? Oh so, yeah, working? last time I went more as a guest. Um, and oh my gosh, the the thunder and lightning right now is crazy. We are taping this on Wednesday morning, and it's been a little crazy this morning with the weather yeah, here in Los it Angeles. Yeah, has been. Um, so last time I went as a guest and I did end up like doing a, like a race here or there for TVG. Um, but it, it wasn't like, there wasn't like the American presence like there is now, Sure. Uh, first of all. And then this time I actually went over specifically to work. So we had like a whole other setup and like it was a whole other focus. So tell me what's different that you saw this time or what really stood out? Obviously there's so many things whether it's the horses the beautiful turf course the hats the 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 pomp and circumstance of the whole thing what is it yeah it's certainly the pomp and circumstance right i mean just the way they do things there with like so much tradition and it's like people don't step outside the tradition take for example the kentucky derby every most people go they want to dress up to the nines and they want to wear their hats and everything but then there's those people in the infield that are in their shorts and flip-flops uh jumping on porta potties right I think, Ascot, I think that's the not really that well is it okay yeah. well same same deal for sure <laughs> in the infield there's some stuff going on I oh know yeah there's, there's stuff going on running, right? oh there, it's so going on Ascot, there's just not everybody wants to follow with tradition so you get on the train with everybody and everyone's dressed to the nines and they've got their hats and their hat boxes and even when they're in the car park at nine o'clock at night getting shmammered it's literally like a catered shmammered so <laughs> it's just so much and everyone wants to be a part of that right like you're trying to get there for the Royal enclosure. Like you want to go and be in the posh spots. Okay. 
So it's not a place that I would love because I like being in shorts and flip-flops. Right. I mean, but it's fun. It, it looks on, on TV, at least, and there's no way for me to know, but it looks like everybody's really into the races and into gambling. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they showed, like, the area where the bookmakers were, and it was always packed. Right. And, you know, it just it, it, it's just different, I guess, but it's, it's in a good way. Yeah, I mean, it certainly is, right? So the way we work here is a paramutual pool where everybody puts their money in the same spot. And over there, the bookmakers um, set up and you can go walk around bookie to bookie and try and find the person with the best odds for the horse that you have. And so it makes it a lot more fun. And, and it's definitely different. And then you get your, you know, your ticket and you see what kind of odds that you got on your horse. It's really cool. Well, it is funny. In, in, in fact, one of our uh, sponsors is Betmakers. And um, we're going to, we, 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 they do fixed odds, but they don't do that there at, at Ascot. Right. It's not it's fixed more, odds. It's, it's a bookmaker, and they're but determining to be the odds. Fair, and... they, they do have fixed odds in the UK, right? Like, that's but, where. Forgive me for this. Let me ask you a question. So, if I go up and I wanted to bet on um, uh, Spenderella. Okay. Uh, for Graham Motion, who ran way. second, um, and 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 I went to a bookmaker, and the book I looked up, and the bookmaker had her at five to one. Yeah. When I bet Spenderella at five to one with that bookmaker, that's my odds. Is that that's true your or odds? Not? Yes. Yes. So it's kind of like fixed odds a little bit. Yeah, I think though the difference is though at, at fixed odds, like. Yes, that's the the case, but because here you can go to different places, like you can you can shop around, right? Right, right. I got you. So yes, the idea of like a fixed odd I think is the same there, but you know you might get her at five to one at one bookie, but you might go to the bookie next door and he might have her at six to one. Right. So in that aspect, because you have the options, it's not necessarily fixed, but once you have secured your wager, it is not going to change. Like sometimes here in Paramutual, you might bet a horse at five to one, then it might go off at two to one. Right. Do you need to check on Spencer? No, he just came. It's We have like this crazy thunder and lightning and the thunder is like literally shaking my house. If I sound funny, it's because my power went out. So Spencer's coming <laughs> oh, over God. here to complain every now and then. Like, right. excuse me, my television keeps going out. Thank yes. you, Spencer. There's Spencer. Coffee? For all of you who don't know Spencer, that is Michelle's son. And the father is Ryan Hanson. How was Father's Day? Oh, Father's Day was all right. I, I, I just got back that day from being in Ascot. And then in a minute, please. Uh, I just got back that day from not only Ascot, but I ended up way late in New York for the for a couple of days. So I got back on Father's Day and um, we were just at the races all day. But it was it was fun. Our kids had a great time. The our our kids are really good friends with Tyler Bays's kids. And they were there. So like it was just a complete run around wild animal show of horse racing children. Um, you say Ascot and I say Ascot yes. is which one? Am okay. I wrong? So I did ask this question because I didn't want to sound like a fool. And Tom Stanley assured me that Ascot is Ascot. appropriate. Ascot. Cheerio. Did you see Gary in his <laughs> top hat and tails? No. Okay. So I saw pictures. Literally, I get to ask it, right? I walk upstairs. I'm about to, like, the, I just get there. I got my hat. I went to go take a picture. And the first person I see, this is no joke, is Aaron Wellman from Eclipse Thoroughbred. And he didn't get dressed up. He did get dressed up. Oh, I thought he didn't wear his tie on TV. I don't he think he had a top on. hat, but he, uh, he had a, uh, he had like a, you know, he was dressed in a nice suit and everything. It was their last day there that I saw him, I think. Oh, but okay. 
um, it was funny that like literally I'm all the way across the world and the very first right. person I see is someone from home. That's crazy. Um, but we I, have didn't, a good I guest never today. got to speak here. We have a good guest today. I'm excited. His name's Scott Anatasi. He's been in horse racing a long time, and he is a part owner of Hong Kong Harry, who only went three for three. He went three for three at the recently concluded Santa Anita meet, uh, including a win in the American Stakes on closing day for Phil D'Amato. How about Phil D'Amato's meet? Oh yeah, Phil D'Amato's meet is crazy. Um, He set set the record for wins in a Santa Anita meet. As lean, and and went on obviously to win uh, leading trainer. Congrats to Phil and his whole team. Go ahead, Michelle. Um, I did see someone trying to like take away from Phil, saying like, "Oh, our meet is longer now." I'm like, "Yeah, but our meet has progressively gotten longer, and it's not like we're we you only know, run changing three days a week, are, right? We yeah, only run three so days a week." I think what Phil did was incredible. Um, you know, I big kudos out to him. And I was very happy with Hong Kong Harry because I play in a fantasy horse racing stable and I picked him up. Nice. Good pickup. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. So um, I guess we have to do three things of note. Now, we missed last week. I got a ton of texts. Where are you guys? Why don't you have a show? There are people who are angry out there, Michelle, angry at us because you were traveling and I blame you. And um, the people want three things of note. So what do we have? Um, okay, so the first thing of note was certainly the Belmont Stakes because Goodness. we haven't even talked about feels that. feels like it was so long ago. It was super long ago. Micropoli, uh, one, two. How about that? It was that was, a, that was actually a really good race for Nest. I thought she ran a fantastic race there. I thought she did too. She broke slowly, but um, she wasn't going to beat Mo Donegal. I don't think anybody was going to beat Mo Donegal. And uh, congratulations to the uh, Rapoli Stables, the, the Donegal Racing Stables, uh, the, you know, everybody involved, Todd Pletcher, obviously running one, two, and, uh, it, it was, it was fun to be there. I have to say that the crowd was a little light early. It got progressively better as it got later. Um, I think we're going to talk about some other races on that card possibly, mm-hmm. but so I don't want to kill the three things of note. No, that's the, the, like the undercard. This is Belmont, Belmont day, three things of note. So I can bring up flight. No, lines. because. You can bring up Flightline. Yeah, go ahead. I th- I can't believe we didn't talk about Flightline. Flightline was unbelievable. And listen, here's the thing about podcasts. The, these, this thing happened so long ago since we missed the show last week. I don't think we can really dive into it. But that horse is a fucking unbelievable. I don't even know what to call him. Beast. He is amazing. He is a beast. He is amazing. And I've I heard... mean, for a second. Okay, now I have a question. Yeah. For, 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 for when he broke. And he didn't get to the front. Was there a quick second where you're like, ooh? Well, I had all, every bet I made was on Speaker's Corner. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, really? Everything. I had See, every, I, everything closing, I Speaker's Corner, everything. I just was like, I, you know, if he's going to get beat, if uh, it's going to happen today. And I was 1,000% wrong. So, yes, I was like, ooh, he broke slow. Ooh, we got the lead. Ooh, oh, God, he just went by us. Like, it looked like we were tied to a right. post. Ooh, he's going to win by, like, I did I bet, bet see, Gary. I bet the Chad Brown horse with, with, with flight line. Yeah. I bet Gary, I did win a bet on that race because I bet him uh, that flight line would, not, would win by under 10 lengths. So that was my <laughs> one bet. <laughs> what else? Um, oh, so in addition to Belmont last weekend, this weekend it was the Haskell preview day over at Monmouth Park. 
And um, unfortunately for Hot Rod Charlie, he had to settle for second yet again. Yeah, mind control. And he got by uh, mind control. You know, who looked fantastic, yeah, by the Bill way. Strauss he was called me. so good. Bill, Bill Strauss called me after the race and asked me and I said I, about the race. And I said, Bill, I said, let me tell you something. Mind control is a grade one winner. Like he is a really, really good horse who runs very fast mm-hmm. figures. And on his good, best day, he's a tough horse to beat. And he, and, and Charlie was right there with him. I don't think that you, you take anything away from that race other than Charlie ran his ass off. Mind control was a, just a, a nose better. It was just so gutty. You know yeah. what? I want. I want to know. Did 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 Bill say anything about Mike Smith not going to the stick? I didn't talk to him about that, so I don't know. I I, I don't know. Maybe he felt like he was giving it all he could, and I, maybe Charlie. I you did. know, Charlie has that tendency to like lug in a little bit late and look like you know Mike was trying to straighten him out when he when he got the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, look, Charlie always shows up. Uh, Bill asked me about their 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 strategy of going there for that race, and and I said, Bill, that's an unfair question because I don't know the horse, I don't know what your options were, I don't know what your you know master plan is for the year. Personally, I said I don't like shipping all over the place, but Charlie does it and doesn't never has a problem with it. So right, um, I think they're what are they pointing towards? The Whitney is their main goal. I heard. I I did not see. And going back to uh, Flightline for a second. I just know the end goal is, is going to be the Breeders' Cup Classic. Right? Yeah, and going back to Flightline for a second, I have been told that he is going to run in the Pacific Classic. Really? Yes. yes. Well, that is freaking awesome. Sources say. Sources it was a pretty good say. source, I have to admit. It was someone who's been on our show before. Um, okay. All right, so that, uh, that was yeah. a big race. Oh, okay. What's that? So then our third thing our third thing of note is certainly that I want to mention that Santa Anita closed our winter spring meet with the safest meet that we have had. We did not have a single racing fatality on the dirt main track. Um, and I think that that is pretty incredible. That was a 62.5% improvement over last year where we had three racing fatalities with 4,800 starters. Um, so for 26 weeks to not have a horse, um, catastrophically break down, I think is amazing and really a a tribute to so many people that, that this went, went into, but you know, they want to hate on us constantly, um, and talk about anytime a horse gets injured or anything, but very few websites or TV news stations want to cover the fact that, um, we had the safest meet by far, I feel like worldwide. It was, and and kudos. Listen, uh, credit to the trainers, the owners, Sanity to management, everybody involved, uh, who has changed the game and really been mm-hmm. at the forefront of of the industry and and implementing these changes for the better. Um, we need as many people on board as we can with uh, following the rules. And uh, if you if you think there's something that I'm going to go into right now, I'm not. Uh, but, uh, with the news that came out yesterday, but, uh, I'm just going to leave it. I don't even want to talk about it. To be honest with you, it made me sick. All right. So that was our, all right, let's do this. Congratulations, Santa Anita. We'll see you back on September 30th. And congratulations. We said to Phil D'Amato, who is leading trainer. Congratulations to JJ Hernandez and his agent, Craig O'Brien leading riders. And who was leading owner, Michelle? I think it was Red Baron and Temescal. Rancho Temescal. I got to interview yeah. my good dear friend Tim Cohen. There you go, Timmy C. Been on the show. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get to Scott Anatasi. Be right back. 
Fixed Odds Betting, powered by BetMakers, is back and in effect at Monmouth Park, and the early returns are fantastic, with 70% of winners paying more on fixed odds than they are on the tote. Soon, fixed odds wagering will be available throughout the state. This is an exciting new way to bet that really puts the power to get value in your hands. The odds you bet are the odds you get. You'll be continuing to hear a lot more about fixed odds betting opportunities across the In The Money Media Network. All right, back here on the owner's box. And Michelle, uh, I have to make fun of myself. I completely butchered our guest's name. It is not Scott Anatasi. It's Scott Anastasi. Uh, he I am... said he would still come on, though. Don't yeah, worry. he threatened. He actually truthfully threatened not to come on. So, Scott, are you there? I am here. How are you both oh, doing today? Oh, he, he decided to come on. Thank God. We're doing really well. Uh, Michelle just had her power go out. Uh, I don't know what part of Los Angeles you're in. Are, did you, are you in this like, weird weather thing today? It's uh, been a little bit interesting today, yes. <laughs> At least we're I'm, not. I'm actually, I'm actually down here in Redondo Beach, and I went to play tennis this morning at uh, as we hit the court at 7 o'clock, and it was raining. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's always nice living in Southern California. Yeah, but it's, you know, but it's fine now. It's beautiful outside. Well, Scott. it's not just rain. It's the crazy thunder and lightning. It's, it's like, it's wild out here right now. All right. You know what? Here's the truth. Nobody who's listening to this show right now wants us to talk There's, about the weather. Right. You know what Got they it. want us to talk about? <laughs> Scott Anastasi. I'm going to say his name right every single time from here on in. Scott, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you first got into horse ownership. Okay. Well, uh, I am in uh, real estate down here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, Hermosa Beach, Redondo Beach. Uh, work in our family-owned company. We've uh, been developers down here in this area. My father's been doing it for a really long time. Um, how I got into horse racing. My uh, grandfather was a Superior Court judge for 42 years. Uh he did a case with uh, underage and apprentice jockeys and uh, created a trust fund that he managed and took care of them, took care of uh, for them. And the jockeys gave him a lifetime pass just to go to the track. <laughs> and as a kid, he used to, as I was growing up, he'd always say, Oh, you're getting too big to be a jockey. I just didn't really get what he was saying, but um, you know, I, I knew he had some affinity with, with jockeys and so forth. He took me to the track one time. And uh, my grandfather was my favorite person in the world. And he uh, had so much fun. He wasn't a better or anything like that. He just, uh, it was the people. It was the people, they were talking to him. And I just looked at him. I go, well, this is great. You know, and as yeah. I got older, I just always remembered that. And I said, God, it'd be fun someday when I got to the right time in my life to own a racehorse. So that's kind of how it all started. That's, you know, it's incredible that you say that. And I don't know how much you know about me. Michelle's probably heard the story ad nauseum. I mean, our company, Little Red Feather, is named for my grandfather. My grandfather was the one who took me to the track. And my grandfather, similar to your story, he'd go, he'd, he'd circle all the horses with Chris McCarron. Then he'd bet, like, you know, $20 on all those horses. That was his handicapping strategy. And he'd walk around and shake hands all day. What is it about the skipping the generation? Or what is it about grandfathers and their kids and taking them to the track? What do you think, Scott? Well, I don't know. He just took me the one time. <laughs> oh, it was and, just once. Uh, you no, know, he, he really only took me one time. He wasn't, like, a, a big horse player or anything like that. I just... Uh, I, I just I just saw him in a different element, and 
And I just always remembered that. And, uh, but I always knew that he had this, uh, relationship with the jockeys and, uh, um, you know, and they just gave him a lifetime pass and, you know, he would go occasionally and so forth. But when I finally got into horse racing, um, I figured uh, while I went to law school in San Diego, me and my buddy would go up to Del Mar and, you know, after classes all the time and play off track wagering. And, and we started uh, going to the races when the meet was down there, you know, so yeah. I figured some point in time I would get a horse and, you know, I noticed Mike Mitchell and I said, well, gee, I, this guy lives kind of near me and he's winning every claiming race and geez, I just want to win a race. And so, uh, That's great ultimately goal. I, I, yeah, I, I, I called Mike and, uh, finally got him on the phone and, uh, he claimed a, a horse for me and my father, uh, called early tide, a $10,000 horse. Uh, first time it raced, it ran second. He ran it back on July 4th of 2005. Wow. I had every one of my family out there instead of going to my dad's house for a, the 4th of July party, I went to the track first and we won. And uh, it was this incredible experience. And then uh, a week, you know, like two weeks later, it was opening of Del Mar, and the and he we ran it down there for sixteen thousand. The horse won again, and it got claimed. But uh, the other part of the story was that uh, Mike told this guy named Jimmy Ukagawa to go bet on his horse and meet him in the winner's circle. <laughs> and so as I was, uh, as I was, and, and early tie got claimed. So as after the race, I was introduced to Jimmy and, uh, so it was great. We had, you know, this guy was nice. Everything was good. I was literally driving home 30 minutes after I'd left the track, kind of going, wow, this has been wonderful. I kind of achieved most little life goal of mine. And, uh, Mike Mitchell was calling me up on the phone. If you know anything about Mike, he knew exactly how much money I had in my own. Yes, he did. Yes, he does. And it, and he was called me up and he said, Hey, you know, later on in the week, this horse called Leprechaun Kid is going to be running in an $80,000 claiming race. And you have just, you have uh, enough money to buy half the horse. Would you be interested? And I was so happy. Mike could have said anything to me right then. I right. would have said, Yes. Perfect timing. And, uh, and he said, And you know, that guy you just met, he'll buy into the horse too. I said, Yeah, okay, fine. And uh, sure enough, we, we won the shake. We got the horse. And then a few days, maybe a week later, he goes, you know what? I'm going to enter that horse in the Del Mar handicap. Well, sure. Whatever. Oh, that- and, and so we literally came down and we had a dinner because Mike really, you know, you know, I was the newbie and uh, he loved making fun of me. Oh God. <laughs> and so we had a dinner um, at Martha's house and he was going, Scott, I'm going to tell you what happens in front of everybody. He goes, you know nothing about horse racing, but this is how the race is going to go. Uh, your horse will be ahead by about nine or ten lengths <laughs> at the three-quarter pole, and the time will be one thirteen. If that happens, you might win the race. You know, and I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, and he was having so much fun with me. Sure enough, Tyler Bays had the horse at the three-quarter pole at one thirteen, oh, and we goodness. were ahead by ten lengths, and we we won a photo. So we won the Del Mar Handicap with Jimmy and I, our first horse. We we won the big grade two race. And a month later, we ran second in the Clement Hirsch up in Santa Anita. And then we went to the Breeders' Cup in uh, 
in uh, at Belmont. That's an amazing, you know, so amazing story. So and I, I love your Mike Mitchell it's impression. It's like a quintessential Mike Mitchell story, right? That it's oh, well, it even it even gets better because then he he starts playing up on the fact that I went to UCLA and Jimmy went to to Berkeley, and he goes, "Well, you guys should have a bet on the football game." So he gets us to bet on the game, and so we bet dinner. And Mike is calling me up during the game, and he's just like, "Leave me alone," you know. He's <laughs> just because UCLA was getting killed. Sure enough, UCLA comes back and wins the game at the end. So I have uh, I won a dinner uh, um, from uh, from Jimmy. So Mike goes, "Well, let's get that dinner to be at Little Italy in New York for the Breeders' Cup." <laughs> so so Jimmy has to pay for a dinner for thirty, uh, you know, people, you know. <laughs> In New York for the Breeders' Cup, and, and that's how it's. Oh my God! That's it's amazing. Me, it's always for me. Uh, the horse racing part of it is obviously I've been really fortunate, and and you know there's no one like Mike, and and you know making it fun. But it, it's the people that that I got to meet, and you know the people who take care of the horses, and and all of that. It, it's just a, a wonderful community that you don't really know exists until you get exposed to it. I think I think you did one of the best Mike Mitchell impressions I've ever heard. I did. You noticed you changed your voice a little bit, right? You were doing the Mike Mitchell, although he didn't call you up and say, "Hey," he called you up and said, "Hey, buddy," right? It was always <laughs> "buddy." Hey, buddy, what about this horse? <laughs> uh, you know, and I'll tell you something. I just jump ahead to the the horse I do have. Jimmy's laughing at me because I. I haven't taken my money out of the account because I just think, well, I'm thinking Mike may still call me up one day and try to claim a horse, you know? That's awesome. So it's really been, you know, Mike introduced me to Jimmy, who's become my best friend, and Jimmy and Mike were best friends. And so Mike uh, really took care of me during the horse racing, you know, during the the time that I I had horses with him. And, you know, we we won some really big races. We – campaigns um you know with me jimmy and i we own big booster together we yep. won the san juan capistrano we i had texas you know we won the cow cup and went you know ran in a bunch of big races we had uh i had manzante won the eddie reed yep uh, oh my gosh i loved him i have the most beautiful picture of him he was really yeah cool manzante, horse, manzante. He, was, he was great he was and then beautiful. and then we had we had we claimed a horse. This is another Mike Mitchell thing. At Del Mar, he's like, "Hey, well, this horse called Tap It Light. Let's claim it to run at this Pomona Handicap. You know, the long race at Pomona." <laughs> I, I said, "Whatever, Mike. You know, really, he would just come up with these things." And so we ran it, and I had uh, one of my funnest, uh, my favorite horse racing pictures is me and my oldest son when he was young at the fair with all the stuffed animals we won before the race and if sure enough tap of light won the race and uh wow we went on to win the tokyo city cup with that horse so wow. i mean um we had some you know mike really was he had a magic touch and of course you know we were there uh when phil came into his barn and you know of course you know everybody knows phil now and phil's always just been a hard worker and just attention to detail and 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 amazing so yeah very very i mean listen not that mike wasn't attention to detail but phil is very different than mike phil is phil is a very different and and they're both wonderful in their 
in their own way. Correct. And, uh, and, uh, but, uh, so, uh, for me, horse racing kind of went away for a while. And, uh, uh, but of, of course, uh, um, you know, Jimmy is like uncle to uh, Denise and, and Michael and and Mike's uh, two daughters, Shay and McCall, and so he's he's you know a part of the family, and so he's always been you know staying involved, and and now uh, Denise is remarried to Tony Velaza, and I think everybody knows Tony around the track. He's mm-hmm. he's uh, you know the. Uh, the president of the racetrack chaplaincy and, you know, and so, um, Jimmy and, uh, Tony were talking to Boomer who, uh, 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 everyone knows Boomer, Boomer Bloodstock. He's, uh, married to McCall and, mm-hmm. uh, this is a family about, affair. Uh, well, it, but it, that's the best it, part we, about we, it. right? Yeah. Well, well, we call it putting the band back together. That's what we've, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, Denise and Tony and Jimmy were going out to dinner, and then they were talking about getting a horse. And then Boomer was saying, "Well, maybe not the right time to buy now. Let's look later." And sure enough, uh, eventually uh, Boomer found uh, Hong Kong Harry, and I got a call from Jimmy, and he's he saying, "Look, you got to come in." And he was like, "I was just..." <laughs> That, uh, we were talking for a while. Hey, look, you can even use your silks. Come on. This, he was, you know. That's awesome. And so so it became uh, Jimmy, myself, and uh, Tony and Denise. And uh, uh, we uh, we bought uh, the horse uh, through Boomer in England. And we brought him over here. And he got here in December. And, uh, you know, and... Phil didn't want us to come look at him. He goes, they just don't look that great when they come over here. And we went to see him anyways. He looked really small. And, uh, but, uh, I mean, what the bar, what Phil has done with that horse and, and bringing him along. And he, he just, if the picture from then to now is two different uh, horses. I mean, yeah. He's just, he's just really been well taken care of and, and uh, a very, very nice horse. Scott Anastasi joining us here on the Owner's Box, owner, uh, part owner of Hong Kong Harry. Talk a little bit about, you, you talked about the transformation from when he first got here uh, till obviously his win last weekend. But not many horses go through Santa Anita and just pick off two allowance conditions in the American Stakes. I, I mean, that must have been quite quite a, a run, quite a thrill for you and the, and the team. Well, I, I mean, it, it's some sort of magic or, or, or someone's helping us along the way on this one. It's I probably mean, Mike. It's, uh, it, it's, uh, we, we both feel like Jimmy and I and have talked about it. It feels like Mike is watching us. Uh, yep. it, it, uh, the, the horse has always shown a lot of ability, and he's very athletic, even though he's smaller than most of the horses around. And uh, he's just got a big heart. and. Even in the races, uh, uh, Boomer talked a lot about, you know, how we got the horse. And, you know, he he was just kind of not really, you know, there's so many horses that they have over there. He would run in races, these low-level races, but uh, and he was winning them. Um, and uh, so we knew he had a big heart, and he, he would just, uh, he loves working. And uh, um, we put him in the first race, and obviously, you know, as you know, he did very well. 
And, uh, and, and I, I think the good thing about what Phil does is he just, uh, he lets the horse tell him what to do. And he, you know, and you know, we, uh, we don't rush the horse back to the next race. We, he tells him when he's ready and, and Phil brought him up the ladder and, uh, never gave him too much to handle. And the horse just keeps improving and who knows what's going to happen with him. Michelle, go ahead. So Scott, when you get a horse like this from, from overseas, do you have like a preconceived thought about, okay, this is going to be this type of a horse or they just say, look, we think he's good. We'll see where it goes. Well, it's a, it's a, um, for me, I think what I've been good at as an owner is letting the horse people do their thing and, uh, just Mm -hmm. allowing them to do it. Um, but, uh, I know Jimmy and Tony, um, talk with Boomer a lot about, you know, getting a horse that could potentially run long over here on the turf. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, so that was sort of the goal. And, and, uh, but then, you know, once Phil gets the horse, you know, he's so good at what he does. Um, right. you know, I, I really, I mean, this horse, uh, you know, I don't think the miles is best distance and he just, uh, won a grade three race. So, um, sure. You know, we, we don't really know what he can do. He's just, uh, I mean, he just wants to run. <laughs> can I make Can so, I make a suggestion? Uh, sure. What about a big dinner <laughs> with your crew uh, in Little Italy in, in San Diego, and then you go to the Eddie Reed? How about that? Oh, there you go. I mean, now, now, now can you're I talking, be a racing uh, manager? But Jimmy has to pay I, I for think, dinner. I think you just got the job. <laughs> Jimmy has to pay for dinner. Wait, we're, we went I, I to just, a really great place in Little Italy that we can recommend. We did. We, okay, well, perfect. I, I'll have to get Michelle and you to figure out uh, what kind of bet I can uh, I can fool Jimmy into. Yes. Um, and by the way, have you have you noticed something? If you've seen the winter circle pictures of all three of these last races, do you know what Jimmy's wearing? I don't. The same shirt. Uh, he is wearing a, a UCLA Bruin sweatshirt um, because he did lose the football game again last year. And, and the bet was, hey, if we get this new horse, you have to wear it to the racetrack. And, and Jimmy is Jimmy. You, everybody knows Jimmy. Jimmy's and, the greatest. Uh, he, he doesn't want to change anything. So I said, once you win, this is what Mike Mitchell would do. Uh, I have to go back and tell the big booster story one more time. Yeah, when we it. won the San Juan Capistrano, we were like nine to one or something. And nobody came to the track. We didn't have any friends with us. We didn't think we were going to win. And that was the day that Jimmy had to wear the Troy Aikman number eight UCLA, you know, <laughs> football jersey. And with his name on the back, because that's the day we picked it out. And uh, sure enough, uh, we won the race. And Mike Mitchell looked at him in the winner's circle and said, well, you know, you have to wear that again to the next race. Of course. And so, you know, Mike set the rule that if you if you wore one of those things and you won, you had to wear it again. And so when we won the Gallant Man with Big Booster, when Rick Bettino gave uh, Jimmy the trophy wearing the UCLA jersey, he goes, oh, I wouldn't be caught dead wearing that thing. You know, so. <laughs> That's it, awesome. It, it's those types of so, anyways, Jimmy's been wearing. Uh, it was really hot at the track on Sunday. I don't know if you well, saw. Can't you get him a UCLA sweating, shirt? No, no, he has to wear he the has sweater. To wear the sweater. Well, it has to be the sweater. Wore. Oh my goodness! So yeah, he's got you know with a little baby Bruin on the side and everything. Yeah, so 
Hopefully, when we get down to Del Mar, you'll see him wearing that again. I would like that. You know, it's funny, Michelle. I called Jimmy first because Jimmy and I owned horses together. And Jimmy was like, no, 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 no. I can't come on. It has to be Scott. And by the way, I think he made the right choice, Scott. You've been fantastic. The stories are fantastic. And you know what? And Michelle's going to agree. With, we've had a lot of, we've done this. How long have we been doing this, Michelle? Seven years, eight years? How long been that long? You know what I hear from you, Scott, is, is pure, unadulterated joy at these stories joy. and these horses mm-hmm. and these races. And that's, that's really, I don't know if it's impressive. I don't know if it's, but it's, it's nice to hear that. Do you feel that like this, there's so much joy in these horses and, and that's what we as owners want to try to get the message out to others to get in the game. How do we do that? How do we spread that word? Well, I, I it's, it's really is the people and, and, you know, people talk about horse racing and, and so forth, but when you meet the, the people who take care of the horses, they're, they're absolutely amazing. And, and it's, you know, I, I've got lifelong friends and stories that in some ways are just beginning again for me. That that's, what's so exciting. Having, uh, I, mean, I haven't really talked much about Tony, but uh, Tony is incredible. And, 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 uh, with Tony and Denise and, and Jimmy, this family, you know, connection and, you know, um, it, it, it's really quite a ride it, it you know, um, I don't really know how to how, how to you know get somebody off the street. I think most people that like horse racing have some sort of connection to it at maybe at, at some level. But I think once you, if you can ever get a chance to own a horse or have a piece of it, like what you do, Billy, with with your groups and stuff. I mean, I mean, you see the excitement of of those uh, people that you have on your team. I mean, it's a it's it's an amazing experience, win or lose. It's just uh, the anticipation, the whole experience is wonderful. It's a massive adrenaline rush. Scott, I promised you we would do this quick. I know you're very busy. Give our audience one piece of, of advice that you would give to a new owner, something just the most important thing. Um, I think the most important thing would be to, you know, get into a situation that is comfortable for you and, and, and with people that uh, have some experience at it. So, I mean, the most important thing, if you're going to own a horse, why I wanted to claim a horse and, and win. Cause I thought, you know, at what I knew at that time, that was the simplest way I could get to the winter circle and experience something I wanted to, to do once in my life. Um, but, uh, you know, get connected at, at some level where you can actually have a horse that's actually running and, and, and I think what you'll find during that process is the people that you will meet, um, the, uh, the trainers and, and everyone, it, it's just a whole different thing. It's kind of like owning, owning a sports team, but it, in, a, in a much more intimate way. And so it's, uh, you know, at whatever level, level you can get in, get in and, and, uh, and try it. That's what I would say. That's a great advice. Scott Anastasi, I now know it. I'm just crushing the name. Uh, best of luck this summer with Hong Kong Harry. We look forward to seeing him hopefully in the Eddie Reed. Congratulations on all your recent success. And thank you for sharing those great stories. We miss Mike Mitchell uh, as well. So uh, really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, thanks, Billy. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, it was a real pleasure. All right. We'll see you down at Delmar. Thank That's you so much. Scott Anastasi. Okay. We'll be right back. Take care. 
Thank you to one of our longtime sponsors, TaylorMade. TaylorMade partnerships provide an unmatched entry and experience into both the racing and breeding side of the thoroughbred industry. Now you can be a part of top-level racing and breeding with all the rewards and less risk and cost. Medallion Racing has enjoyed great success through the years with 66% of runners running in graded stakes and 25% in grade ones. Last year, Medallion was fortunate enough to have an impressive four Breeders' Cup starters. Similarly, the Bloodstock Investments have discovered great value on the breeding side of the game, buying and selling such standouts as Improbable, Bast, Cutting Humor, and Flame Away, among others. Join TaylorMade and experience the thrill with TaylorMade, your family. All right. Wow. I mean, that was, great. That was really great. I just lo- I love hearing quintessential like people stories from a different aspect you know what i mean like yeah yeah for sure i love it that was great good good call good job my my i think i've told this before on the show but i'm going to tell it one more time the the best mike mitchell story who i worked with for many years and um i you know i'm i'm technical i work on the computer the cell phone i'm a little younger than mike uh obviously at the time and um I would get the online condition book before the hard copy would come out. Mm-hmm. And Mike found out one day, I don't know, I called him about a race or something. He's like, wait a second, how do you have the book? I was like, well, it's online. And he goes, w- what do you mean? I'm like, well, <laughs> like it's online, like it's on Equibase or whatever it was, the Hollywood Park website or something, you know? Right. He's like, okay, can you get it to me? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I, I can email it to you or I could text you. And he's like, no, no, don't text me. Can you email it to this email address? And it was like Denise Mitchell, you know, at AOL. Right. I don't know what the email was. And so I emailed him. And apparently, so he would then, he then would have Denise go to Kinko's and print the whole <laughs> thing out. And he thought that like he and I were like way ahead of the game because the oh, book wasn't awesome. printed yet. And meanwhile, like everyone, you know, had all the, but Mike didn't know. So like even the, and the next month, like, like on the 20th or something. And meanwhile, the book's probably coming out on like the 25th. He, he texts me. He's like, book out? Question mark. Right. Book out. And it was so funny because Mike Mitchell, he, he understood something that a lot of trainers, I think, lose sight of. And that is right. if you're an owner, you need to race to make money. Right. You need to race your horses to 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 earn. Right. You can't just sit in the barn. Mike Mitchell understood how important that was. And Mike Mitchell, when he printed out that condition book, he would go through each and every horse. He'd pick out spots and he would call jockeys agents that night and he would say, "Uh, are uh, I want you on this horse on this day? And if the jockeys agent said, well, I don't know, Mike, he'd go, "Okay, hang up. And, and, And he'd call someone else. Right. Like that was his style. He wanted everything. He gave calls out right away, wanted it locked down, and he had a plan. And he's like, I'm going to try to run on this. Now, it didn't always work out. He may, maybe we didn't make a race, but there was a plan to run. And I think that's really important in our culture. Um, you know, there's not many people like the Barry Abrams of the world anymore. I see a lot of these trainers who I barely run. And it's uh, especially here in, Cal- in Southern California. So, um, But Scott Anastasi very good guest it was great he was great with great stories so here's the deal michelle we are going to go on a little bit of a hiatus uh we're going to take a a little break and we're going to come back on opening week of delmar 
So we'll be back. I think it's like the, we're going to do our show on like the 18th or 19th or something like that. And, and we're going to have David Jerkins join us. David Jerkins is the uh, racing secretary for Del Mar. He's going to talk mm-hmm. about everything that's going on in the upcoming meet. We're going to go over horses, stakes, and then he's going to take us through a little bit of the way he makes the condition book and what he looks for and how he does it and how he handles people. I think it's going to be a really interesting discussion. I love it. Yeah, it'll be pretty cool. So we're going to do that. We'll be back in you know the middle of July, right before Del Mar. Saratoga will have started, so we'll have that to talk about. And um, I'm going to uh, – are you in the trailer? I'm in the trailer. Okay, so we're close again. So we get to do it. The fun, If you haven't listened to our show for a while, um, and longtime listeners will know this, it, the best part about Del Mar is Michelle and I do the show together a lot of the time, and it's it's pretty funny because we both are really sweaty usually, and we smell. And last year we had no air conditioning. and it's, Yeah, it's, there's no air conditioning. Ugh. Yeah, so we're going to make it happen, though. Um, thank you to all of our sponsors, uh, TaylorMade and BetMakers and uh, Breeders Cup and Gainsway and Del Mar and Santa Anita. Um, you guys make the show possible. We really appreciate it. And especially all of our fans, you guys are, it's amazing. I was at Belmont. Michelle. Who might not be fans. Okay. Wait, I have to tell one funny story. I totally forgot. Go. So I'm at Belmont and I'm standing with Kenny main from, you know, Kenny main ex ESPN guy who's yes. the best. I mean, Ken, and Kenny loves horse racing. So we're standing at this little bar. It's just me and Kenny. And this guy walks over and he goes, I thought I heard your voice. And Kenny turns around like he was talking to him. He goes, I listen to your podcast. And he's looking at me. (laughs) He goes, I recognized your voice from the pod. And I was dying. And Kenny May was dying. He was laughing so hard. He was like, I can't believe that your podcast just got recognized over me. Like, it was really, really funny. And the guy was dead serious, too. He's like, oh, my God, Kenny Mayne. So he did get excited about meeting Kenny Mayne, but he does listen to our podcast. So whoever you are, he actually gave me his number. He's a young owner. We're going to get him on the show one day. All right. Perfect. Yeah, I, I have to it. look him up. I have to look him up. Anyway, uh, Michelle, have a great couple of weeks off, and we will uh, we'll see you guys in mid, mid-July with David Jerkins. Fair? Sounds perfect. All right. Let's do it. Thanks, Billy. Thank you.